The presented content does not provide or constitute medical, financial, or legal advice. The content is for information purposes only. Viewing or listening to the content does not constitute a physician-patient, dentist-patient, fiduciary-client, or attorney-client relationship. Welcome to Knowledgeable Aging. I'm your host, Jason Kotar. Joining us today to talk about Smile Through Art is Saba Shahid. Saba is the Chief Smiling Officer of Creative Neurology, formerly the Art Cart an internationally acclaimed organization that ignites creativity to take back control of symptoms in people with Parkinson's disease. In a short amount of time, Saba has developed her Smile Through Art creativity and movement program and the Let's Combat Micrographia program into an international offering that provides programming to thousands of patients, teaching them how to live better with their symptoms instead of feeling burdened by them. Saba is the author of the Let's Combat Micrographia book series. How are you doing today, Saba? Good, Jason. Thank you so much for the warm introduction. How are you? Doing very good. I'm looking forward to, this is our second time together. Last one was on micrographia. Yeah. This one is going to be on Smile Through Art. But before we get started, for those that are joining us for the live webinar, if you have any questions, type your questions in. Time permitting, we will do everything in our power to get your questions answered. So, Saba, I'm going to turn it over to you. Smile Through Art. Awesome. So, I'm just going to share my screen here. All right. You can see my screen? Yes. You are good. All right. So uh, to give everyone a little bit of a background, I know Jason mentioned uh, we're Creative Neurology. Uh, we're an internationally acclaimed program for people living with Parkinson's disease. We have um, two signature programs, which I'll talk about. But before we get into that, um, did you know that the inability to smile or facial masking is also a symptom of Parkinson's disease? So oftentimes people with Parkinson's disease are misinterpreted, they're misrepresented uh, because of this facial masking, which may make their face seem you know, emotionless almost. And so in 2014, we made it our goal to, uh, to use this symptom and to not only spread awareness about it, but to get people engaged with this act of smiling. Um, you know, smiling is the shortest distance between two people. It can really help break, break break boundaries and really allows us to enhance some of those positive positive feelings um, with just a simple smile. So one thing that uh, we always ask people to do, and if you're joining us from home, you can do this as well, is just to force a smile here for 30 seconds. And so you can go ahead and force a smile for 30 seconds. And once this 30 seconds is up, I'll tell you why this is so important. So we're gonna go ahead and just smile and you're gonna hold it there for 30 seconds. You can go ahead and stretch that smile out a little bit more. You can go ahead and just keep smiling. I know this is a little silly. You're probably wondering why I'm having you smile, uh, but trust me on this one. And I'm just gonna hold it here for another 10 seconds. So keep holding it, keep holding it. Almost there, five more seconds. Keep holding it here and go ahead and relax. So, Jason, did you do that with me? I did do that with you. Awesome. So I'm sure that probably felt a little silly. It probably felt a little odd, right? Because we don't necessarily force smiles. Um, physiologically, we smile when we see something, a stimulus, right? It could be a, our, our partners, a spouse. It could be a animal. It could be a child. When you see these people or if you see an object that you really like, that causes you to naturally smile. And so when we naturally smile, this causes dopamine and other feel-good neurotransmitters to be released um, from our brain, which causes us to ultimately feel better. Now, believe it or not, there's been studies that have been done that show forcing a smile actually causes the same physiological impact 
as if you were to smile from a natural stimulus. So this exercise is not only good to help us you know, start feeling and getting ourselves in a better mood, but it's also good because if you are living with facial masking, you're also exercising all those facial muscles, right? So anytime you force that smile, you're, you're exercising your muscles, you're helping to combat that symptom of facial masking. And, um, you know, as we know, when we smile, we feel better. And if you, if you think about eating a piece of chocolate, right, to make ourselves feel better, that's extra added calories. Whereas if you just smile, it's just the act of, um, you know, moving your muscles and making yourself feel better that way. So to get into a little bit here, what are some benefits of smiling? So as we just talked about improving mood, um, there's also been studies done around how smiling reduces stress by lowering your heart rate. It also promotes happiness and well-being, and it ignites relationships and community. As I mentioned before, you know, smiling is the shortest distance between two people. Um, it can really help break, break boundaries and create those relationships and start forming that community. And so in 2014, we developed our Smile Through Art Creativity and Movement program with this approach. We wanted to not only spread awareness that the inability of smiling is actually a symptom of Parkinson's. You know, this is something that people do take for granted from time to time. And so we wanted to raise awareness behind that. And not only were we raising awareness behind that, but we were then able to create an entire curriculum of um, art activities that actually um, help improve various different symptoms of Parkinson's, which we will get into here in, in the next couple of slides. So this is our Smile Through Art uh, program, which our mission is to ignite creativity to provide solutions to improving symptoms today. And our biggest goal is to allow people with Parkinson's to learn to live better with their symptoms instead of feeling burdened by them. Now, our Smile Through Art workshops have also been um, scheduled and planned for other movement disorders as well, such as MS patients, people that have um, gone, suffered with a stroke, uh, Huntington's, so all of these movement disorders are similar in a way that you can be using art to help with your symptoms. So to talk about how smiling increases mood a little bit here. And so we did a study back in 2016 where we were seeing how art impacts mood and how a person with Parkinson's comes in with a lessened level of mood, but at the end of our Smile Through Art workshop, has a heightened level of mood. So here you see on this slide, we have a 98% increase in mood with people living with Parkinson's when they come to our workshop from before to after. So this means that they probably are going from being sad to content, sad to happy, angry to content, angry to happy, or content to happy. And the remainder 2% stay stagnant or where they were from when they first um, came to the workshop. So this is a really, really amazing um, you know, piece of research that we have. It was actually published in the Journal of Alzheimer's Disease and Parkinsonianism and was also presented at the World Parkinson's Congress in 2016. And why this is so important, because to give you a little bit more background about, us, uh, about our Smile Through Art workshops, so they're about an hour and 15 to an hour and 30 minutes long, depending on whatever activity we're working on on a given day. And so in such a short amount of time, engaging in art can cause someone with Parkinson's to, to have a heightened level of mood. So this again is um, you know, very, very um, beneficial for us and for those who are tuning in here because you can see here, just a little bit of engagement in art can cause us to smile and can cause us to have 
those feel-good emotions and feelings. So to talk a little bit about the types of art, so these are some various different types of art that we explore in our Smile Through Art workshops. So drawing, painting, sculpture, design, decorative art, writing, poetry, acting, drama, music. Our goal in our Smile Through Art workshops is to introduce you to all different forms of art. Now, one of the biggest misconceptions of, of, of art programs in general is that you need to have some type of um, Rembrandt uh, type qualities to enter into an art program. And so that is not the case with our Smile Through Art workshops. We welcome people with zero artistic abilities. And believe it or not, majority of the participants that we have have not done any type of art in years and years and years, and now they're being reintroduced to it. So our goal here is to share these different types of modalities of art to be able to hopefully allow a person, allow a patient to find an outlet, to find that hope, and to have that reason to smile again. And so some benefits of art and creativity that we've seen in our Smile Through Art workshops are, again, um, our workshops we've seen and the activities that we've been doing, they relieve stress. Um, it's very interesting to see when you focus on a creative task, how you're so focused that, you know, you stop thinking about your surroundings. And that process of being focused on an art activity allows you to de-stress. Art also promotes creative thinking. Um, so in our workshops, we give very little direction. And the reason for that is because we wanna see people ignite their creative side of their brain. We wanna see what they come up with. And it's so amazing how a little bit of direction can cause people sitting in an entire room or whether it be through a Zoom meeting to create various different, different types of, um, you know, whether it be a drawing activity, we do, we're doing different types of drawings. And it's so amazing because each person interprets art in a different way and you're able to see that because they're using their creative minds and they're allowing that process to then allow them to create and put something on paper. Now, when you create something, you have this amazing sense of accomplishment, right? You've now worked with your symptoms instead of working against them and you've created a piece of art that you didn't think you'd be able to make previously. And so that, that feeling is you know very accomplishing and that also allows us then to build confidence we're not only building confidence in our art abilities but we're building confidence in in ourselves in our symptoms and and confidence in the fact that we're we're working towards living better with our symptoms instead of feeling burdened by them and overall there's been a lot of studies that have also been done that shows that art improves quality of life and we've seen this in our workshops time and time again you know, there's people that attend our workshops who haven't done anything creative in years. And then just after one to two different workshops of attending, they then come back to us with different pieces of art that they've created during their own time. And, you know, soon enough, I have a gallery of paintings and artwork in my basement from what people are bringing in and sharing. It's really amazing to see this um, outlet that art is able to give. And anytime we do any type of new activity, we're actually increasing neuroplasticity. We're, create, we're creating new brain waves. We're creating new um, connections in our brain. So again, art is a, a great, great source of um, encouraging ourselves cognitively as well, because it's allowing us to think outside of the box. It's allowing us to focus in a way that we wouldn't be focusing if, let's say, we were just sitting there and watching TV. 
So what are some benefits of our research-based smile through art workshops? So when just talking about Parkinson's disease here, we focus on several different symptomatic areas. We focus on how to combat fine motor control, how to increase fine motor control, how to combat and increase gross motor control. We talk about rigidity. We use different art modalities to help with that. Um, rigidity, if you don't know, is stiffness of muscles that oftentimes um, is a, an apparent symptom of those living with Parkinson's. Um, depression, as you just saw with our study, you know, we're able to help people overcome those feelings of depression. Uh, micrographia is a big component of that as well in our Smile Through Art workshops. Um, writing is a, you know, great form of art. Uh, believe it or not, um, you know, doodling is a form of writing and doodling is also a form of art. Um, if you think about doodling, you know, many people do it. Um, oftentimes younger kids get reprimanded for doodling during class, but um, there's also been studies done around doodling where it shows that doodling helps you process some of your thoughts and actually allows you to focus. So if you ever find yourself in a meeting or, you know, even just sitting there with a piece of paper and the pen or your pencil is just creating, allow yourself to, you know, go through that process. Uh, we work on hand-eye coordination and then attention and focus as well. And here's just a nice quote um, that someone shared. Uh, I would like to share my recent visit with my movement disorder neurologist. During my visit, he did a check on my motor skills using both my dominant and non-dominant hands. He was very pleased with the results. I told him it's all from working with the art cart, which we were formerly known as. Mm -hmm. And so it's really great, you know, not only are people able to create a piece of art, but they're also seeing improvements in other areas of their life. And so art also has a, a big part of promote, promoting this positive mental health. Now, if you think about the situation we are all in now, we've all gone through a, a pandemic, right? We've all been living in some, some level of isolation where there's really not many options for us to get outside, get involved. Now, luckily here in the Northeast, the weather's slightly starting to get better. So, you know, more and more people are able to go outside and do things outside. But for the majority of us, you know, we've been pretty isolated during this pandemic. And so art is going to be a great way to kind of um, channel some of this isolation and, and find that positivity. And so there is a study that was done uh, specifically focusing on Parkinson's, which stated that at some point in someone's progression with Parkinson's disease, 50% of, of people will suffer with depression and 40% will, will suffer with feelings of anxiety. And so, you know, we can combat these feelings with using art, as we just saw in the, in the previous slides. And so one of the things that we've been doing is we've been tracking how creativity during a pandemic is helping those living with Parkinson's disease. And so we found that 100% of our past smile through our participants that have participated during this COVID-19 pandemic have said that our workshops help them learn to help them learn about what they can do to live better with their Parkinson's disease. Uh, another statistic here, um, again, 100% of our participants stated that the Smile Through Art workshop helped them feel positive about living better with Parkinson's. Now, as we know, living during a pandemic, there's a lot of negative feelings that can come, right? There's a lot of negative self-talk that can be done because we are isolated. Um, and so, you know, having these moments to spread positivity to people through art has not only um, been empowering, but it's shown to allow us to work with some of these feelings of anxiety and depression. And this is just a nice picture I like to share. 
this gentleman uh, has Parkinson's disease. Um, he had a very, very bad tremor, but as you can see, he still created this beautiful, beautiful piece of art. Um, and you know, he worked with his symptoms instead of feeling burdened by them. And again, was able to create this beautiful piece. Uh, here's just another picture of some of our other participants um, and their drawings. You can see uh, most of these are tulips, but you can see each person's tulip is a little bit different. And that uh, kind of mirrors what I was talking about before is, you know, art really is, is a personal interpretation and what you create is a part of the creative process that not only involves you picking up a pen or pencil, color pencil, marker, whatever it may be, but it causes this engagement between your mind and your body to then be able to put something on paper or on canvas. And it's truly a beautiful process because again, each person will create something slightly different. Each person will also have their own interpretation of what they're seeing. So how are we creating currently? Uh, we have our live smile through art workshops. Uh, typically we have about two workshops a month. Um, we also set up private workshops for organizations um, that are interested in just providing this, this program to their constituents. Uh, we also have smile kits. Uh, these are kits that we mail out that you can uh, open up and you'll have all the materials that you need and you can start creating during your own time. Um, and we're also, like I just mentioned, partnering with organizations to provide virtual programming. So because of the COVID-19 pandemic, all of our workshops, uh, both our smile throughout workshops as well as our Let's Combat Micrographia workshops are all happening on a virtual basis, um, which has actually allowed us to not only reach people here nationally, but also internationally. And as you just saw on the previous slide, uh, we are measuring the impact of COVID-19 on Parkinson's and how that is impacting mood um, particularly. Uh, we also have a blog that you can check out. It's our Live Better blog. Um, we recently published an article on there about creativity and COVID-19, kind of going into more details than what I shared here today. Um, and we're always having, um, you know, fun resources that are available here. Uh, last month, it was Brain Awareness Month and, um, sorry, Brain Awareness Week. And uh, every week we shared a new activity. And so, um, you know, you can get yourselves involved and engaged in this way as well. And so how can you start creating? Um, so there's various different types of coloring books out there, right? Coloring books are a very easy way to start creating. Um, they're very inexpensive. All you, you can go to your local dollar stores and, and buy a coloring book and some coloring pencils and get started. I talked about doodling previously. You know, if you do doodle, don't stop yourself from doing that. It's a great way to release stress and it's a great way to create as well. Um, there's also various smartphone applications that now, um, you know, they're, they're coloring applications per se. Um, I always recommend the smartphone application secondary to coloring books or, you know, any type of physical art that you can be doing. Uh, because you do tend to get a bit more out of, you know, using your hands in a way that you're creating on paper versus using your phone. But that is not to say that many of these smartphone applications are a great way, are a great outlet for you to process some of those emotions. I'd like to talk about the importance of the involvement in family members and caregivers for those individuals with Parkinson's. Can you talk a little bit about that, please? Absolutely. It is so important uh, for this, you know, to move through any type of disease or any type of, you know, Parkinson's with having that support of not only your family, but also community. And that's one thing that our Smile Throughout workshops um, actually enable. We, we always invite a spouse or care partner or family member to come along with the person with Parkinson's 
because that allows them now to engage in a positive space where they're not focused on the Parkinson's, they're not focused on the symptoms, they're just focused on having a good time together and creating something. And as you saw in that picture I showed with that gentleman who had the tremors, the lady that was sitting next to him was uh, his spouse. And so the two of them were able to come together and, and create this beautiful piece that they have now hanging on their wall. So yeah. this uh, ability to, you know, this, to have this camaraderie, to be in a space where there's other people that are living with what you're going through really makes a big, big improvement, um, not only to motivate one another, you know, to push one another to be able to get more involved and active, but also to process some of those emotions and to talk about, you know, hey, this is what I was dealing with today. Have you ever encountered something similar? So it not only provides a creative space, it also provides that support system, which is very important. Yeah. So I noticed, Saba, on your website, the Smile Through Art, um, you have three words there on your, your curriculum, if, if you will, and it says smile, create, and move. Can you talk yeah. about the importance of all three of those things when you're talking about an individual with some kind of a movement disorder? Absolutely. So um, as they went through the exercise of smiling, you know, you were doing it on your end too. And I'm sure it felt a little funny. It felt a little odd, but, you know, it, it sparked some of those feel good feelings. And so the importance of smiling is just overall so important. You know, I think it requires, I believe there's different numbers, but around 17 muscles to be able to smile and 43 muscles to frown, something along those lines. And so, you know, this, this ability that we have as individuals to put ourselves in a better mood just by forcing a smile um, can really help, you know, someone, let's say if they're having an off day, start their, start their day on a better foot, right, on a better note. And so one thing I always recommend is if, you know, you are living with a movement disorder and you're noticing that you're having just, you know, just an off time, your symptoms are, are progressive at the current state, take, take a couple of minutes, just sit there and, you know, force a smile, um, do this activity. It's not only going to help with your, your facial muscles, but it's also going to help you get into that, that better mood. Um, so that's why, you know, smiling uh, for us is so important and why we have such a strong stance on wanting to raise awareness behind this symptom. Um, now, create is important. Um, as you saw, I shared some examples of ways that we can be creating, right? There's no right or wrong way to make art, uh, which is really the amazing thing about art is you can really take it to whatever extent you want to take it to. Um, or you could do the bare minimum too, right? You can have a coloring book and you can just color or you can grab a plain piece of paper and, and see what you can create. Um, so this ability to create, um, you know, is very, very important. And especially now living in this, in this pandemic, this is an outlet that all of us could be using. This is an outlet that people with movement disorders can be using, you know, to, to work through their symptoms, to work through their emotions. And now the move is very important. Um, one of the other aspects of our program is if you think about art, it's very sedentary. Mm -hmm. um, and when you have a movement disorder, uh, especially Parkinson's, one of the things that you don't want to do is always be sedentary. Um, and so the, the move component of our program engages people with um, different fine motor exercises and engages people with teaching them, you know, what they can be doing to move and to, um, you know, not, not just sit there at home and, and be watching TV. So I'd like to kind of explore the changes or how your program, the Smile Through Art, has somewhat evolved from when you first started to today. Obviously, the pandemic has taught us a little bit of everything. What do you think you've learned from a creative perspective of being, you know, the owner of the Smile Through Art um, because of the pandemic? 
So we started back in 2014 and um, back then, you know, uh, it was early on where we were still researching what works, what doesn't work. Uh, one thing I would say, you know, regardless of the pandemic is that the movement disorder community just in general has this big um, sense of resiliency, you know, even during this pandemic where I've seen that, um, you know, people still want to stay involved. People still want to um, be doing creative activities to help them, even if we are meeting in a in a virtual way. And so um, I think over the years, um, you know, a big learn has been that as the world is evolving, we're also evolving, right? And there's different, um, because of different scenarios like the pandemic, you know, one of the biggest things, one of the biggest challenges we had was to figure out how to now uh, bring our in-person workshops to an online platform. And um, that was initially very scary for us because, um, you know, just in 2019, before the pandemic hit, we traveled to 15 different states to introduce our Smile Through Art program to various different uh, people living in the United States. And we went from traveling every week to now being stagnant. And so uh, it did take a little bit of, of time to, you know, figure out what, how we're going to move our platform over to a, a virtual um, way. But, and then the other, you know, kind of struggle that came with that was now we had to spend time and educate, you know, our constituents on how to still feel comfortable um, and still uh, be able to deliver to them the same, if not better quality program. So then going forward, are you going to kind of integrate the, the virtual and the in-person once that ability is back? Yeah, so I don't think we'll be getting rid of the virtual at anytime soon. Um, I think there's, you know, still a lot of uncertainty with COVID and, and what's going to happen. So I'm very proud to say that we are going to continue providing virtual programming for as long as people, you know, want that. Um, you know, we uh, will be looking into having more in-person type workshops, um, you know, probably around the fall time just to see how things go with this summer. Um, and so, uh, yeah, so as, as time progresses, we're just we're evaluating how things are going and, you know, continuing to adjust that way. Last question, Saba. So obviously you're very successful with a smile through art. Let's combat micrographia. How do those two programs kind of work together in, in helping individuals that are, that are struggling with movement disorders? Definitely, great question. So um, initially we started off with the smile through art workshops and we had incorporated um, working on micrographia through that. And so uh, I think I mentioned before that writing is also a form of art. Um, you know, many people write poetry, many people write song lyrics, many people uh, write stories. And so there's a lot of elements of our micrographia workshop that are introduced in our Smile Through Art workshop. Um, so the two of them do work together, whereas the Let's Combat Micrographia workshop is very focused just on that micrographia symptom. Um, the smile through art workshops occur on a, you know, whatever kind of um, a schedule. So, so for us, we have two per month, but then we also have workshops that we set with certain organizations where we might be doing it, um, you know, every other week or monthly, whatever frequency, you know, the organization uh, sees fit for their constituents. And so with that, there's always, it's always a different creative activity that we're working on. Um, it's always a different symptom that we're focusing on. Whereas with the Let's Combat Micrographia workshops, um, that is a seven-week course that a person has to go through 
um, week one through week seven, and each week we're progressing on the different topics and techniques and methodology that we researched and we put together to, to allow them to be able to start improving their handwriting. So the Smile Throughout workshops provide like an overall, um, you know, uh, program for improving symptoms, whereas the Let's Combat Micrographia workshops are specifically focused on micrographia. Yeah, I think the, the key take, um, there's a lot of takeaways in what you're talking about, Saba, but the key takeaway for art, and I've heard this from many professionals and experts like yourself, is there's nothing, there's no right or wrong. Just start, right? Exactly. Exactly, and that's the biggest goal of our program is just to introduce um, folks to these different types of arts to allow them the safe space to explore um, and to see, you know, where that can can take you. Um, and you can also join a Smile Through Art workshop, as I mentioned here before. Um, we you can also directly email us at livebetteratcreativeneurology.com or visit any of our websites uh, www.creativeneurology.com or smilethroughart.com. Uh, and we are on all social media platforms under Creative Neuro or Creative Neurology. Very good. As far as Knowledgeable Aging, all of our upcoming and archive webinars can be found on our website, knowledgeableaging.com. I encourage you to go to uh, YouTube, type in Knowledgeable Aging, uh, subscribe. We do update that four to five times per week. If podcasts are your thing, you can find us on Apple Tunes, Spotify, et cetera. Until next time, I'm your host, Jason Kotar, and this is Knowledgeable Aging. Mm -hmm.